If you were one of the millions of Australians affected by the Optus and Medibank hacks, you know just how invasive and frightening having your data exposed can be. And that situation was seemingly made worse by the chaos of the response. Now the government is setting up a new cyber security office and a national coordinator to respond to mass cyber attacks. Earlier, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill said the new agency would have made a huge difference last year. When Optus hit, much to my shock, there was no cyber emergency response function in the Australian government. I am really angry about that. Literally, cabinet ministers stepped in and managed the incident in a way that is not sustainable when we are under basically relentless cyber attack. So what we will have now is an individual in the public service who is going to coordinate the response and make sure that Australians can get back up off the mat quickly. That's the Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, speaking earlier. Andy Penn was the CEO of Telstra until August last year. He's now joined the Minister's advisory panel and contributed to a discussion paper on how the country can better protect itself online. And he's our guest this morning. Andy Penn, welcome to the program. Uh, Morning, Patricia. It's great to be on the show. Given the Optus and the Medibank hacks last year, how far behind the play is Australia on securing our cyber networks from attack? Well, certainly there's uh, absolutely more that we can do, but I think you need to put that against the context of the fact that, you know, since COVID, we've seen a dramatic increase in the rate of digital adoption. And unfortunately, we've also seen a dramatic increase in the rate of cyber crime. So um, it's not a case, I think, of necessarily being behind anybody else. It's just more that we've got to keep up with this growing um, phenomenon of, and, and you know, um, dirge of of malicious activity that we're seeing. So there is a dramatic increase, there's no doubt about it. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill is quite critical of the previous government's cyber strategy, but you've said it built a strong foundation. Who's right? Well, as I say, I I won't get into the politics of that discussion. But but was it a solid foundation? There's absolutely some some core um, platforms that are in there, the new Security of Critical Infrastructure Act. There's been a lot of work that's been done. But as I said, I think what we've seen is such an increase in the rate of digital adoption and the rate of cybercrime that clearly much more needs to be done. What will the new coordinator for cybersecurity actually do? What sort of powers might they have and how would they make a situation like what we saw last year better? Well, one of the things that we saw last year, obviously, was the stealing of uh, personal data at a very, very large scale. And whilst that was essentially a matter for private companies, Medibank and Optus, the bottom line is is that the community expected the government to be in a better position to give it guidance as to what to do to protect itself, having there been the potential that their personal data had been stolen. So what this coordinator will do is actually marshal the resources within government to actually enable it to provide better support, better guidance to potential victims of identity theft. Reporting in the Financial Review suggests the Australian Signals Directorate could commandeer the IT networks of almost every company in the country in the event of a cyber attack. Attack. You've run one of the country's biggest companies. Do you think companies would would welcome that? Would that is that a good way to advance? Well, certainly the under the security of critical infrastructure, which it does cover telecommunication companies, financial services companies, um, and companies which are considered to be critical, obviously, to the running of the country. There are provisions where 
the government can actually step in and provide assistance, whether those companies like it or not, <laughs> in the event of a cyber attack. What we saw, that, but that's about keeping the lights on, keeping critical infrastructure going. What we saw last year with Medibank and Optus was not actually necessarily immediately a threat to that infrastructure. It was actually a threat to the personal identity and data of millions and millions of Australians. And so um, both both of those issues need to be addressed. And it's clear that the latter one hasn't been fully addressed. Yeah, the latter one hasn't. So should the government also be able to step in in the sort of latter example? Well, one of the things that um, we're doing as part of the development of a new strategy is looking at exactly these things is that what further obligations do businesses have in terms of minimum cybersecurity standards and also notifying government when there is an incident and what further powers might government require to step in. I should also say, though, government needs to address its own systems because nobody owns or rather nobody holds more customer data than government. And in fact, about a quarter of all cybersecurity attacks are on governments, whether that's federal or state. So this is a whole of nation effort. We've got to lift our resilience across business and the government. So the government needs to lift its act to demonstrate what best practice is. How should it do that? Absolutely. Well, as I say, government's no different than business. And in fact, to the point, no um, government holds more customer data than businesses. And in fact, in many of those instances, customers or individuals have no choice but to provide that data to government. So government's got an increased obligation to protect it. And so in the same way that businesses have to meet minimum cybersecurity standards for their systems, that, that must be the case for government as well. And so the strategy will and the discussion paper, which will be issuing in the coming days, will actually address both of those issues. So ultimately, do we also need law reform here to, to lift all of those standards, those minimum standards? Undoubtedly, in my opinion, we, we, we definitely need law reform. You could argue that things like the corporations law and consumer law and privacy law already implicitly covers cybersecurity incidents, but we need to do more to make that more explicit. And in fact, I think you know we're seeing business um, really call out and saying we need better guidance on what are the minimum standards that we need to meet, whether that's individual companies or whether that's government agencies. I think more does need to be done in a legislative sense um, on lifting our level of resilience. So at a le- legis- legislative, get get the word out, uh, level, <laughs> uh, you say there should be higher obligations. Should there also be higher penalties if those obligations aren't met? Well, I think we need to obviously make clear what the consequences are. But I, I think, you know, we also at the same time need to look at how do we support uh, companies and also particularly small medium businesses, as well as government agencies, actually reach the right level. I mean, I want to—I rather not approach this sort of process with a stick to beat people. Mm. But you know, ultimately, like any obligation, the obligations need to be clear. And ultimately, if they're not met, there are consequences. Mm. And and the consequences have to be significant, don't they, financially for companies that perhaps aren't as willing to to get the message. Well, they certainly need to be commensurate with the level of, you know, impact and um, and pain and, and losses that failing to meet, you know, basic standard obligations, um, yeah, um, cause effectively. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if I'm, a, if I'm a company that's actually a provider of digital products and services and I haven't built into those digital products and services appropriate levels of cybersecurity, that's not what our consumers expect today. They assume that when they buy something, 
or when they work with a company, that that company is going to have taken reasonable steps to protect their personal data. Is the Minister Claire O'Neill right that it was, you know, her words, or I'm paraphrasing, um, kind of ridiculous that the, the federal ministers were stepping in during these crises rather than there being a dedicated public servant who was dealing with all of this with all the powers that you need? Well, I certainly think in today's announcement uh, regarding the appointment of a coordinator is clearly going to be helpful. And so certainly in the moment, I mean, you had two unprecedented attacks occurring within the space of three weeks. And the bottom line is there was not a single person within government who could, if like, step in and actually provide that guidance and coordination across government. So I think it is a role that's required. And one of the discussion points, of course, has been whether ransoms should be paid. What's your view on that? And what do you think the guidance should be uh, legally? What what should the outcome be? Yeah. Should well, they thought, be on the table? Yeah, no, absolutely it should be on the table. And I think first and foremost, the guidance should be absolutely not to pay uh, ransoms if at all um, possible. And in fact, already uh, it is illegal to effectively finance criminal activity. And so there are a lot of prohibitions already in place implicitly against the payment of ransoms. There are uh, people and circumstances that get argued that, well, you know, if a ransom where action occurred, which potentially um, was life-threatening, um, would does it help to actually then make it illegal not to pay it? And so there are circumstances where there's an argument to say, look, actually, we're better off not doing that. But but ultimately, I think everything that we can do to dissuade the payment of ransomware um, is going to be on the table. And then in the event that people are victims of ransomware, an obligation to notify and then getting them the help as quickly as possible. Just finally, you finished up with Telstra in August, a month before the Optus attack or hack. Do you, do you know how Telstra would have tightened up its defences following that episode? Do you expect that they would have, as as would have other companies? Oh, a- a- absolutely. Um, you know, we always took cybersecurity incredibly uh, importantly when I was the CEO at Telstra, and I'm sure that's still the case under Vicky Brady, and I've got no doubt that Telstra, like any other company, would have you know, looked very, very closely at what the circumstances were around the Optus attack and, and you know, reviewed all of its um, systems and defences uh, to make sure if there were any learnings from that, that we implemented them as quickly as possible. Andy Penn, many thanks for your time. Thanks, Patricia. That's the former CEO of Telstra until August last year. He's now joined the Home Affairs Minister's Advisory Panel on Cybersecurity and contributed to a discussion paper on how the country can better protect itself online. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.